On March 16, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I need access to my safety deposit box. Okay, you're just gonna have to fill out this. Open the door. We'd be the first to fucking die, okay? Slowly. Slowly, slowly. Good afternoon, Dossier listeners. This is another bonus episode for season two of the Dossier, focusing once again on the FBI files. Uh, with me today is fellow producer, John Agonopoulos. How you doing, John? I'm good. Glad to be back. So for this episode, I want to cover three areas of the documents. So what I want to start with, Johnny, is the bank robbery. And the the robbery is interesting for a number of reasons, but the unbelievable aspect of it is to put your mind in the place that LAPD officers were actually robbing a Bank of America and walking away with hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? And why this is important to the story, I think, is a number of different reasons. Is it shows you a pattern of criminality, right? If you're brazen enough to do a takeover style bank robbery, that means, you know, leading up to that or prior to that, the assumption is you've probably committed some other crimes. Secondarily to that, I can remember taking a meeting with Brian Liddy, who worked inside the Rampart division. And as a Rampart officer, he told me when that bank robbery happened or around the time of the bank robbery, there were a number of bank robberies that had transpired in different neighborhoods of Los Angeles that they could never figure out. And it was his assumption that maybe this was not the first time that Mac and his cohorts had robbed the bank. I know Mac was there. I know, or it's assumed that Perez possibly was there. There was some other people that were there. And, and I think the files say that. Who, who else was at the bank robbery? So yeah, Mac, obviously, we've got the photographic evidence. Um, from what Kenneth Boagney said, uh, from his conversations with Rafael Perez, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that Perez was part of the bank robbery. As a matter of fact, uh, in 1998, when uh, the LAPD served Perez with a search warrant, he actually said, and I'm quoting, this is about the bank robbery, isn't it? So I think we can add Perez to the list. I believe Sammy Martin was part of this. He obviously was part of the group that went to Vegas in the immediate aftermath to celebrate. So right there, we have at least three LAPD officers involved in this bank robbery. And I believe there were a couple civilians involved as well. One from your reporting in season one was the half brother of David MacDale Williams, who admitted to stealing the getaway car for the bank robbery. And 
in the FBI files, I found something interesting with regards to the bank robbery that also ties in a bit with Biggie's murder. And so I'll read from the files now. Another possible suspect with Mac in the bank robbery is Devon Sykes, who was with Mac's wife, Carla, when she picked up his vehicle from the Parker Center. Sykes also showed up at Mac's house while the search warrant was being executed. So you have Devon Sykes, again, who's in and around Mac and his wife, uh, kind of snooping around while they're serving a search warrant at the house. Did tonight make any statements regarding persons who were involved? In yes, um, he mentioned a guy by the name of Sykes, Reg, David Mack, and Amir Muhammad. Did you know Sykes? I met him one time, I think, in Atlanta. I'm not sure if it's the same one. Uh, according to Randall Sullivan's reporting, Devon Sykes was a blood gang member who it was believed was the Sykes that was mentioned by Mario Hammonds in his deposition with regards to the Biggie murder. So you're starting to see a pattern. And Phil Carson brought this up quite a bit with you in season one. There was this very tight crew of gangster cops that did all their crimes together. Their, uh, their modus operandi, I probably mispronounced that, with regards to bank robberies, ripping off drug dealers, God knows what other crimes they were committing. They kind of used the same uh, uh, patterns and practices from Biggie's murder through the bank robbery, through everything else. And I, I don't know if it'll ever truly be unpacked what other criminality these guys were involved with. It's obviously pretty heavy when uh, during the search of Mac's house, they find three silencers hidden in his closet. So you can add contract, contract killer to, to uh, uh, another one of David Mac's criminal activities. What other reason would any human being have to have silencers other than to kill people with. That's why it's a felony to own a silencer. So I think there's a massive story that the LAPD has covered up uh, in their nice little bow with Rafael Perez and the Rampart scandal that may never truly be unpacked. Yeah, and I think if you look at three major events and all of them happening so close together, what you really look at is the Biggie murder and then a week and a half later, the shooting and murder between Frank Liga and Kevin Gaines, and then the bank robbery. Now, the last piece of this, and this I, I'm not sure on, I know it was talked about in season one, was this idea that the reason why David Mack was robbing the bank is Suge backed out of paying Amir Muhammad. Now, I, I can only speculate. Sounds a little bit outlandish to me, um, but maybe not. You know, maybe if Mac and Amir had an agreement that Amir was going to be paid a certain amount of money to kill Biggie, and but more importantly, sorry to kill Puffy, right? And he and he didn't do that. And Suge's like philosophy was well fuck it you didn't you didn't get the job done so i'm not going to pay that mac went and robbed the bank to pay amir Mohammed. i'm not sure i can you know buy into that i think it's something bo agni said you know it's it's other reporting that i've heard but i'm i can't you know listen again what i want to try and really do is stick to what's in the documents 
what's been supported by very, very real vetted sources. Now, the second topic within the FBI files that I think are important for people to realize is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this because you know these files so well, is in the beginning of the, let's call it Phil Carson's um, investigative report reports is he lists a number of individuals that he was talking to, was already talking to, or planned on talking to, right? And that list was confidential informants, that list, that list were, you know, even at that time, Russ Poole, right? One of those names on the list is Richard Valdemar, right? And Valdemar is a character I interviewed in season one. This is a seasoned South Los Angeles gang investigator. For all intents and purposes, one of the best, right? And so what do you find interesting about Valdemar's 302s, right? Because Carson went and sat with Valdemar to get information and background. So talk to me what jumped out at you about Valdemar inside of the FBI files. Okay, and yeah, we've covered this briefly in the previous episode, but we're talking about a legendary, legendary Los Angeles Sheriff's Department uh, uh, gangs expert, major crimes. I mean, this guy did it all. This is the type of guy that they make movies about. So in his conversations with Phil Carson, Obviously, we remember from season one that Richard Valdemar was the handler for Psycho Mike Robinson. Uh, in his 302s, once again, he really just hammers home the point of what an incredible confidential informant Michael Robinson was. And there's something else in there that I found interesting. You know, a lot of the naysayers like to say, oh, Psycho Mike, bipolar, mentally ill, this, that, and the other. But according to Richard Valdemar's 302, Things that Psycho Mike told both Perry Sanders and Phil Carson were backed up by others. And I'd like to read a little portion. Valdemar stated that he has spoken with civil attorney Perry Sanders on several occasions and noted there are other sources who can corroborate Robinson's deposition and what occurred in San Diego, including that Amir Muhammad did in fact confess the Biggie Smalls murder to Robinson. He added that in all the years he's worked with Robinson, Robinson has never, ever lied, and that everything Robinson has stated regarding the caption case is absolutely true, and this can be verified by other Los Angeles Sheriff's Department sources. So again, we've got other sources, according to Valdemar, that can corroborate the party that Mike Robinson talked about with regards to Amir Muhammad and Amir Muhammad confessing to being the shooter in Biggie's murder. So it is not just some quote unquote mentally ill confidential informant that stated these things. There are other sources that back that up. And I think that's very important because again, it's very easy to take pot shots at guys like Mike Robinson who really risked their life to tell the truth in this case. But here you have a, a legendary law enforcement officer saying that he's got other sources that back up exactly what Psycho Mike told him about Amir and the Biggie Smalls murder. Yeah, you know, I was involved in, in some of the cases, and I would we would talk about this stuff, uh, but, but it was, you can't just, you don't build a case on just one informant's statement. Yeah. So you needed corroborating information or somebody who actually, uh, a lot of the cases that we worked 
were tangential. They were, they were not directly about that. They were about something else that happened, and they happened to dip into the, to the, this, uh, should night stuff. You know, he's, he had an army of, of thugs and drug dealers and murderers working for him, so, so those separate issues drew us into that. But always his, his information was reliable. Right. You know, see, he's not my only informant. I had what they call a stable, right? I have a stable of informants, and I was producing good cases. Yeah. So, so Mike's information was just one of, you know, hundreds that we worked. Immerse yourself in the fascinating tale of Song of Solomon by the legendary Pulitzer Prize-winning author, Tony Morrison a mesmerizing coming-of-age masterpiece that has captivated readers around the world. Follow the protagonist, Milkman Dead, who was born shortly after a neighborhood eccentric hurled himself off a roof in a vain attempt at flight. For the rest of his life, Milkman 2 will be trying to fly. As Morrison follows Milkman on a quest to uncover his roots and himself in his Rust Belt hometown, to the place of his family's origins. She introduces an entire cast of strivers and seeresses, liars, and assassins, the inhabitants of a fully realized black world. As the New Yorker put it, Morrison moves easily in and out of the lives and thoughts of her characters, luxuriating in the diversity of circumstances and personality. Whether you're a seasoned reader or new to Toni Morrison, Song of Solomon is a must-read that will ignite your imagination and leave you wanting to read more Morrison. Song of Solomon, a timeless tale that will stay with you long after you've turned its final page. Available now at TonyMorrison.com and wherever books are sold. All right, so life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should Payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to 100 a day as you work, and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So maybe you need to get your kids something special, or you and the wife need a scintillating night out, every once in a while at least. So download Earn In Today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in the dossier under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com forward slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Yeah, and again, we we talked about this before. I think the purposes 
there was a case in my head that I could have said after season one that I was done telling this story, right? I think everyone agrees at this point that Dossier in the, in the first season of it is a pretty comprehensive look at this story with new information because we were able to, you know, bring Phil Carson on and have him tell his story, right? The reason for season two in my mind was there are so many names there's so many, you know, if you want to look at the murder as an A story and the cover up of the LAPD as a B story and maybe, you know, Phil Carson's journey as a C story, there's so many other stories in this that are embedded in it that you really have to understand almost 20 years of LAPD history to get the full picture. And I don't think you can explain all of that in one season of a podcast, right? I think you can make an argument. You probably could do a whole season of a podcast on the bank robbery by David Mack. 100%. Or you could do a whole season on Rampart, you know? And, and that brings up a good point. Um, I've heard and have been told by people that the acclaimed documentary filmmaker Tiller Russell is doing a Rampart documentary at Netflix. And within that documentary, it's rumored that maybe finally David Mack will go and do an interview what he is gonna tell who knows that maybe Raphael Perez will talk to Tiller Russell and I think what will be interesting about that is how much truth will these guys tell we know Perez failed so many polygraph tests right are these guys gonna come into this project and take a check, which they're gonna get checks. There's no way that Perez or Mac are gonna talk without an upwards, I believe, of 250,000. I, I, I'm very curious. I think somebody, once this is all said and done, maybe if we can get to Tiller Russell to have him come on and tell me how much he's gonna pay David Mack or, or Rafael Perez, I would, I would, I would gander. It's, it's, it'll be in the, in the half a million dollar range, maybe for both of them, maybe less, right? And again, you, you start to sort of, in documentaries these days, that's like, status quo to pay people now you know hundreds of thousands of dollars but it starts to get into especially with guys like that are they telling the truth and what are they going to say on camera right but listen tiller's going to have netflix money um which allows you the ability to do a lot right um so i'm looking forward to seeing i think they're in production or going into production so um we'll look out for that now the second or last piece of the FBI files for now that I want to talk about is again going back to the list of names that Phil Carson went and interviewed. And I know I don't know the name of this individual, but there was a security company owner that Phil Carson talked to that told an interesting story. And I don't know if we want to release that guy's name because he was not a criminal. He wasn't wrapped up in this, but he did um, speak to Phil Carson and Phil Carson created a 302. So talk to me about why this jumped out to you inside of the FBI files. Yes, and, and these there, there are actually two names in here and you and I had discussed this uh, previously. These two men are 
quote unquote civilians. And so for the time being, I, we, I think we both agree that we should leave their, their actual names out of this. So there was uh, an owner of a security company who apparently contacted the FBI. Uh, this gentleman's company deals with high-end security systems, having contracts with military bases, post offices, other government agencies as such. Uh, he, in 2002, hired uh, a gentleman. Well, this isn't his real name. We'll just call him Jerry for the purposes of telling what's in these files. And he hired Jerry after finding out that Jerry was a former tenure veteran of the LAPD. Uh, while visiting Jerry at his residence after he was hired, the owner of this security company noticed an incredible amount of security equipment all around his house. Jerry told him that this was because LAPD had several uh, complaints against him while he worked there from 1988 to 1997. Coincidentally, 1988 to 1997, the same time frame that David Mack was an LAPD police officer. Jerry worked for the security company for almost a year, and he told the owner of the security company several things regarding his Rampart days at LAPD, specifically things about LAPD officer David Mack, who was Jerry's former partner. One thing in particular was that Jerry told the owner of the security company that Mac was involved in the Biggie Smalls murder, that Mac also was involved in a bank robbery and had over $700,000 hidden in the attic of his parents' home. The owner of the security company did not think anything of this at the time, and it was only recently when he saw on the news how LAPD had to pay over a million dollars to the attorneys of Biggie Smalls, and that Mac had been impl implicated of this on top of his bank robbery conviction. When the owner of the security company asked Jerry why he did not tell anyone about Mac, Jerry told him that nobody fucks with Mac. Interesting how we keep hearing that over and over and over again from different witnesses well, in here's this case. The, here, and here's the thing, here's the bottom line, right? Is I think for me, what has always been interesting is not only that this information existed, right? But two very just I like to keep things simple for people because when you're simple and you don't dive into this stuff and get you know carried away, you have to use common sense. And the fact of the matter is, these people existed. Phil Carson spoke to them, but he was never allowed to continue doing his investigation. He was never allowed to continue to grow the investigation, just like Russell Poole was never allowed to track down information and leads. So what you had is a, a, a huge amount of evidence, a huge amount of leads, a huge amount of people who would talk, but no one was ever allowed to do their job. And that's a tough thing to think about. Now, the other part of this is the flip side of this is this idea that no one within the LAPD who was tasked with doing an investigation, Steve Katz, Darren Dupree, whoever the fuck, they also just didn't do any work. So the entity that was supposed to do the work is doing no work because they don't wanna solve the case. Phil Carson is flying around, finding information, finding sources, finding financials, doing what the FBI does, he's not allowed to finish that. Russ Poole's career is ruined, and even after his career, he's still tracking down leads that any smart, 
criminal investigator would have just taken and fucking done an investigation and done a prosecution. But again, the end result is no one does anything. It stopped completely. And that's the reason why we continue to tell this story is to make people aware of all of these people and evidence that exists that sits seemingly in plain sight for people to read and you know listen we'll continue to go through these fbi files we'll continue to track this story along with now the upcoming you know trial that's going to go on around the tupac stuff now i know you had a final note about let's for lack of a better word some of the talk now about kevin Gaines and and really trying to 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 look into that story in a deeper way i know yourself is doing it i know nicole another one of the investigators here is doing it and we're trying to get more and more information you know i i just received an email from someone who listens to the podcast with video um that was pulled from las vegas so what what did you want to point out about kevin Gaines inside of the FBI files. So it's interesting. And you know, I've always been, as I'm sure listeners noticed in a previous episode of the opinion that it was a pretty simple story with regards to Tupac. It was Orlando Anderson, blah, blah, blah. But as we've started to peel back this onion a little bit, I, I've started to notice a lot more interesting things. Obviously your conversations with Liga brought about a look at Kevin Gaines and his potential involvement in Vegas. And when going through these FBI files for the 150th time, I noticed something. And that is that the FBI confirmed that not only was Kevin Gaines in Las Vegas on the night of Tupac's murder, but they have confirmed that David Mack was also in Las Vegas the night that Tupac was killed. So now we're starting to see more of this cast of characters, these you know criminal cop companions. Um, all appearing in Vegas on the weekend that Tupac was murdered. And I found that fascinating that we now have two of the three main guys. Um, all we're missing is Perez, confirmation of Perez, but we now know that Mac was also in Vegas when Tupac was killed. And I think that's something that, again, deserves a, a closer look, and that's what we're attempting to do. Well, right, I, I think it's interesting, obviously, the connection of these cases and, you know, again, it goes to, you know, that piece of audio. And again, you have to take some of what Suge says with a, with a grain of salt. It's like, if you solve one, you solve the other. Um, I think you have to really think about that. And I think where I stand is more reporting and more people may be comfortable to speak then maybe we can can get more information and, and make a clear presentation of what those facts are. Obviously, because Kevin Gaines is no longer here, you know, I'll be curious to see if if anyone would like to speak to maybe some of the things that have been speculation or, or rumor. So thanks again, Johnny. This is another bonus episode of The Dossier. You know, please subscribe, tune in to wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll be back with more content next week.